Welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. With every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, I'll leave that and I'll go on. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. There is two images that you bear. You bear the image of the earthly, and you bear the image of the heavenly. Now the one that the enemy always tries to attack is the image of the heavenly. But never forget, you are the image also of the earthly. And in that, there is a difference. When you look in the mirror, and you look at your Christian life or in your failures, you always look at your image as the heavenly. Rarely do you look in the mirror when you see issues in your own life as an image of the earthly. It's always we try to bring condemnation onto ourselves because we do not exceed and excel the image of the heavenly. The Bible is very clear. We bear both images. You will always be a man and a woman here. You will always be a son of man and a, son, uh, and a daughter of man. You just will. And for that reason, if you fall off of something, you will hurt yourself. You will always be this way. If you put your finger in the wrong place, it will hurt as the son of man. So there are some things that the son of man feels he's human and he's flesh. And to deal with the flesh element and the spiritual element all in one body at the same time can be extremely difficult and sometimes very hard to grasp without falling into deep condemnation. And what I want to do today is to try to bring it to a place where you have a better understanding of the two positions that we are to carry all the time. Now I stand before you as an earthen vessel, and I speak before you as a son of God, according to the Bible. And I'll show you that a little bit later. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 63. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm wanting to show you simply where, and there's many, many verses that I have, that I had, and I had to cut them out, that talks about the son of God and as well as the Son of Man. But I tried to bring some balance and share about the same amount of the Son of God as I will about the Son of Man. Matthew chapter 26, verse 63, But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Son of God. The high priest in the trial of Jesus, before he went to the cross, he, he adjured him, he addressed him, and he said like this, If you are the Son, or are you the Son of God? And Jesus said like this in response in verse 64, Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto, unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Again, the high priest says, Are you the Son of God? Jesus said, From here on you will see the Son of Man. You see, when you have somebody coming to you, whether it's in condemnation or for exaltation, and say all kinds of good things about you, that you are a great man of God, you are you're all this and all this, and try to really lift you up as a man or a son of God, in Jesus' way, he always went back to not being exalted by that, but framed himself, I'm a son of man. 
I'm a son of man. I'm a son of man. Don't lift me too high here. I'm a son of man. In Luke chapter 1 verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So Mary was instructed that the baby that is being formed in her womb because of the Holy Spirit shall be called the Son of God. Now, I want to look at what God says about us. And this is a very humbling experience because most humans are either too spiritual or too human to admit and confess and agree with these verses, what God says about us. In John chapter 1 verse 12 it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. There is absolute authority in believing on the name of the Son of God. There is authority, spiritual authority, even sonship authority to believe on the Son of God as that he is truly the Son of God. Now, that might not be a big thing for you and I because we've been taught this way from young on up that Jesus is the Son of God. But for people that find this extremely controversial to even admit that there is such a thing as having God having a son, this is a big thing. And I believe when we look at this, we can see actually what the heavens will declare we can see that the enemy is highly opposed to that concept that Jesus would be the son of God let alone that God has children on earth that would be called his sons but I believe it's absolutely important to see this verse 13 which were born not of blood watch this not of blood you're not naturally born in as a son of God nor of the will of the flesh, not by trying harder and harder and harder, by shaping your will and forming your will and pushing and shoving and pushing yourself under the benches and under the bus and everything else. It's not that. It's not. That's not how you become a son of God, nor by the will of man. It's not even by your strong will that you can say, I will become a son of God. You cannot be a son of God that way. It is divinely in the answer, but of God. We become sons because God says so. And it's not by blood, nor by the will of the flesh, nor by the will of man that we become sons of God. It, we become sons of God because of God. All right? Now in Romans chapter 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, you might say like this, in common reasoning, and again, I recognize that there's more audience than just here going to be listening to this message. Here we see that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You say like this, well, how does that put sonship in you, that you actually become birth? through Jesus Christ, or birthed from God as being one of his sons. You know, a God that is re a real God can do anything he wants. And he has found, and he has permitted so that people that walk in the Spirit are actually sons of God. He says, that's good enough for me. I will call them my sons, and I will use them as my sons. God alone makes that decision. It's not man that does. So God has declared from the heavenlies, if you walk in the Spirit, you'll be sons of God. 
Do you see why it becomes extremely difficult to walk in the Spirit? Because we are people of earth, to shine forth that which is earthy, and to shine for that which is heavenly. And so in that combination of those two, there's a constant enemy that tries to wage against us to not walk in the Spirit, but to walk after our own will. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. He says here, I will be a father to you, you will be sons and daughters, and God said so. Now in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, and some of these, it would be good for me to go back and give you the context of where these verses come from, but I think most of you are quite familiar with it. And for time's sake, I will not do that. And because in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth His Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now this is a, this is a little bit of a, uh, a um, diversion point, whether you are sons of God. If you're truly one of God's sons, there's an Abba cry in your heart. And the Abba cry means a divine surrender continually. A divine surrender regardless of cost, regardless of price, regardless of what you need to change. If you are one of God's sons or the sons of God, you have an automatic Abba cry. And because of the Abba cry, there's been a double, not a birth, but an adoption. You are born into his kingdom by the new birth. You are adopted in the kingdom by the adoption of the Holy Spirit. And when you have this Abba cry that comes into you, that tells you, you are actually one of the sons of God. And you know this morning as you sit here and as you're listening, you can easily say whether you're this way about the word or you're this way about the word. That tells you a big difference. The Abba cry is the continual surrender. And I give the illustration I've given for many years. My oldest son and I were coming up a very strong, very sharp hill with a brush hawk in the back of my tractor. And the front wheels popped up and they came up and I had to do the steering. It's a really steep hill. And, and my, my brakes, uh, I had to steer with the brakes, one wheel, one the other wheel, because the wheels were up so high. Well, I knew it was not all that dangerous because the brush hog was attack, attached with a three-point hitch in the back, and it was a big one, so the tractor wouldn't go back over that. So I could kind of adjust by getting it from going too high because putting more weight, less weight. But the, the hill was way too steep to just go up there without the wheels coming off. It was not possible. And so my brother-in-law was standing there when we came up and crested that hill. It was like coming like this. We were coming like this, and then we crested the hill. It was completely flat, and there is a, a virgin point right there. So what happens is he looks at my son and he says, and I always had my son take a hold of my, my leg. He always grabbed my leg. He was always hold of there because if he happens to let go and I don't feel his, his hand on me, I'd stop immediately. It was probably not the smartest thing to have my son with me brush hogging. All right? But when he hung on like that and the size of the tractor and everything was big enough that it's not like a little tractor, it was something that you'd have to fall away to and so forth. I felt it was safe. I think it probably was. However, he looked at my son and he says, aren't you scared? And without him answering directly, he looked to me. My son looked to me and he said, no. 
He had an unbetrayable trust in me that if he wouldn't be saved, my daddy wouldn't let me stand here. That's what Abba cry means. The Abba cry that is in your heart, that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Abba cry. Even the crisis that I'm going through right now are okay because I know my father is in charge and in control of my life. That's what it's saying. Now, let's go on here. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, shall dwe God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And he that has the Son hath life, and he that has not the Son hath not life. So here we go. If we confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in us. Now that looks like a very simple solution to a godless life, but that is what the Bible says. If you confess that Jesus is the Son of God, so there's a lot of power in believing and confessing that Jesus is actually one of God's sons or his only begotten son. Now in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, it goes like this. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son has not life. Here is a big diversion point again. If you have life... You have the Son. If you are lifeless, you do not have the Son. And there's a difference. There's a lot of people that can sit in church on Sunday morning and go to church and would never miss it, but they're lifeless. They might have some form of religion, religion or maybe hold on, some, hold on to some form of tradition, but they are lifeless. You see, when you have Jesus, you have life. I don't care. It doesn't matter what your tradition or religion. If you have Jesus, you have life. And that life is eternal life. That life is life enough to get you to heaven and keep you there. And if it's just a little bit that you have here, it probably won't get you there. Now, I want to talk about the Son of Man. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, we switch the subject now and look at where the Bible calls him the Son of Man. We hope you've been inspired and changed by today's message. If you wish to listen to today's message or for other audio and video resources from the preaching ministry of Wayne Weaver, please visit ministriesofwayneweaver.com.